The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Close out the week with a song returning from Monday from Forbes, Scott Mendelssohn. He's waving, folks. Hi, uh, so, <laughs> thanks for having me back. Today's music video comes from Sarah McLaughlin and her 1997 single, Sweet Surrender. It's the second single from her eight times platinum and Grammy winning album, Surfacing, which also features the hits Building a Mystery, Adia, and Angel Scott is or was a you're a, a big Sarah McLaughlin fan, correct? Yes. That's why. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've lost track of the years because I don't have time for hobbies of that nature. But now that I'm actually participating in this, I'm eventually the next time I'm stuck in a long car ride, I'm looking to see what she's done lately since like 2003-ish. I think she had a new album in 2010 that I listened to. But yeah, I... I, I you know, it became sort of a sort of a running joke that you know, a I was a very big Sarah McLaughlin fan because I, I think she's talented and I like her songs. And there was just a running joke of how depressing all of her music was. Uh, I mean, she cut a Christmas album which had depressing songs on it for God's sakes, a <laughs> Christmas album, Brandon. But it's very on brand. And that's another thing I've liked about her is that when she does a cover of a song like Unchained Melody, she's basically spoofing herself. Track down her Unchained Melody cover if you ever get a chance. Okay, because it's basically. If somebody was like making fun of what a Sarah McLachlan version of Unchained Melody would sound like, oh gosh, um, it's also one of the better covers. He's just not trying to riff on the Righteous Brothers version. But yeah, she has a very distinct sensibility. You know, this was this was during her peak era where she was mm-hmm. providing these soundtracks to an entire generation of teenage angst. Uh, Joss Whedon used her stuff a lot in Buffy. She was she was she was uh, yeah. one of the prime forces in creating uh, the Lilith Fair, wasn't she? Or she was just constantly playing yes. that, or was she one of the people? Yeah, I don't know if she was one of the the, the behind the scenes creators, but I know she was a major. She was a very high profile talent in that in in that sandbox. And she was also doing like a save uh, animals, sad videos of dogs <laughs> things. Yeah, in a skewed way, that's sort of become the Calvin being on the car. Thing yeah, where even people that have no idea who she is and know nothing about her, they know the arms of an angel, which is a fantastic song, but they now associate that with the commercials that she narrated involving cats and dogs. Was it cats and dogs or just dogs? It was uh, animals. It was animals that were yeah. you know they put up for adoption so they would not be put to sleep. So they have somehow made a way to find a very depressing song, even more depressing in that right. context. And also everybody with bitter chip on their shoulder that had to have I Will Remember You as a graduation song from the whether you were in the 90s or early 2000s. That got picked for montages of senior photos or graduation. And that was written for the Brothers McMullen. <laughs> like, it's from that soundtrack. And it lasted, I think more people know that than that movie nowadays. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. Wait, that was Ed Burns? Ed Burns first Ed Burns first film. That yeah. was Connie Britton's first yeah. pretty big film. It's a it's a good he was film. Trying to be the next Woody Allen. He was. Yeah. I mean he has a Woody um, Allen esque career, but yeah. Except yeah. he'd have to do blockbusters uh, here and there, which Woody never did. He'd yes. act, you know, act in blockbusters. Although Woody tr- Woody auditioned for fifteen minutes, but he did not get the job, unfortunately. Didn't get, no. Very sad. <laughs> That is a deep cut joke that none of none of the listeners are going to get. That's oh, okay. it's all good. Because um, that's a very forgettable movie. It's a very forgettable movie. But yeah, speaking of, I will remember you. I always wonder when you are an artist who records a song that's very wedding bar mitzvah graduation friendly. If you know that, ha ha, I've struck it rich now. I'm going to get royalties for this for the rest of my life. Well, if you're vitamin you know, C, it, that's correct because she did graduation. <laughs> Yeah. So, or you know, the you know the time of your life, or closing time, or uh, Eve six you know, years songs to like the that. It's very oh, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. The, the time of your life from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh, or the time of my life. Excuse me. You know, it's like you know, those are songs that are so tailor made for both live events, like again, weddings, bar mitzvahs, whatever, and as you said, sad montages on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you, I want to mention you told me. When we worked at IQC back in the day, you had mentioned when you, I think you had told me you were a Sarah McLaughlin fan, that people, that women used to think you were some sort of phony or creep because you genuinely, he's like, I, you're like, I get mistaken because I genuinely like Sarah McLaughlin. So you get in the car to take a woman on a date or something, it'd be playing and she'd be like, oh gosh, this is a setup. Or you play it while they were. Well, no. And it, it, there were plenty of other reasons why women thought I was a creep for the record. <laughs> but no, the joke I would always make. And it's not like I hid that I was a fan or anything, but yeah. no, it's not something that I would use impromptu, you know. But the joke I always make is that, you know, in the, the vein of that old Animaniac sketch, good idea, bad idea. Good idea. Trying to seduce a woman by having her play her Sarah McLaughlin CD. Bad idea. Trying to seduce a woman by having you play your Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> CD. Yes. But no, I mean, you know, among other things, that's you know her songs were very good music to score to mm-hmm. you know you can you know first base second base whatever but they were very soothing because they were very seductive because they were very sensual yeah. in a way that you know backstreet boys was not yeah so that was sort of you know, again you know obviously this was all tug and cheek even back then but yeah yes. that was that was the old joke uh so sweet surrender um, sweet surrender song are you a fan of this song Sweet Surrender. Oh yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's a very it's a very seductive song. I like that one. I like Hold On is very good, mm-hmm. even though you know it was one of those songs that before I really read the lyrics, I thought it was much a much sadder, more depressing song than it actually was. It's actually a very you know a more generic romantic ballad. The first couple of times I listened to it, I thought it was about a woman saying goodbye to her husband that was dying of cancer. Oh. Which probably makes no sense, you know, and that, you know, it, that's another situation where you, this happens to be a lot where like, I will listen to show tunes before I see the movie or the play, and I will completely misinterpret the intent of the song. Like that's the first it. time I listened to Elfire, Hunchback, this was back when Disney released their soundtracks like a month or two before the movie came out. I thought Claude Frollo was singing about his dead wife and begging for her forgiveness for lusting after another woman. <laughs> Makes no sense when you see the film, but right. I was 16. I was weird. Gotcha. Well, well many people mistaken um, Sting uh, or the police's Every Breath You Take, uh, Dave Matthews Band Crash, are not slow dance love songs in their lyrics, but that's how people took them. 
afterwards. But uh, the music video for Sweet Surrender is directed by Floria Sigismondi, but she Alan Smithied it. So um, more on that in a second. But uh, Sigismondi, she done music videos for Our Lady Peace, uh, uh, quite a few for Marilyn Manson, David Bowie, Filter, Cheryl Crow, Bjork, Christina Aguilera, Incubus, The Cure, Fiona Apple, Justin Timberlake, Katy Perry, Sigur Ross, Dua Lupa. Like, she's in demand for music videos. Uh, Film-wise, she did The Runaways, that Kristen Stewart one, that movie The Turning. Oh, yeah. Uh, She did a couple episodes of Daredevil. Uh, She did uh, Hemlock Grove, uh, Handmaid's Tale, and American Gods. So that's that's her repertoire coming to this. And she brought a lot of that element to the McLaughlin video. You can see kind of in her cinematography, it matches some. She did, uh, it was uh, Antichrist Superstar. She did pl- a couple videos off that album for Marilyn Manson, including Beautiful People. If you remember those videos, it's kind of got a look that carries over here. It's a lot friendlier in this than those. But um, controversy comes because Sigis Monday had McLaughlin. She had her encounter her own do- doppelganger in the form of a body in the road when she's driving through the nightscape. But apparently... When McLaughlin was seeing this, she wasn't happy with the lack of performance shots that were in there. And a second edit was being done without Sigismondi's knowing of it. And when she found out, she walked out, wanted her name off, and never finished her cut of the music video. So that's what happened. That's why it's an Alan Smithy on a music video. But she was not happy. And I've watched... so. For this, I went through a lot of Sarah McLaughlin videos to pick one for you, Scott. This was one of the most visually storytelling interesting of hers because a lot of hers are, are just performance shots. They're just her in a yeah, room geez, Not someone I think of in terms of groundbreaking videos, and that's fine. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, music videos are a strange medium where you're trying to sometimes tell a very sentimental and or very right. serious story intercut with someone, you know, on a stage singing. I don't know if it's ego or oh. that's just her comfort zone with the music video, but it's definitely from this, I gather she's the reason her videos are predominantly the way they are. But this video still, I think is still effective, even though it's not what the director wanted. I think her idea still comes through because it features Sarah McLaughlin there's a doppelganger. There's two versions of her. You have one of her singing and driving, and then you have one dead in the road who's also singing a bit. But we get this kind of is it told? It's kind of feels told in reverse. She's you see the body dead in the road. Then you see when the car gets to it, it disappears. It's in the back seat. We then see her carrying a dead body through the woods uh, herself, carrying herself a dead body. But then we move back to her apartment, and it's her hanging out in her wherever she's living space with the dead body around. So I don't know if it's telling it backwards or she's done this and she's going back and her memories can't help but have that dead, the dead version of the person and not the live version there. It's very, very ambiguous nonetheless, but it was aiming for some of that. What the hell is going on? You know, November rain type feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, but that's way more clear than this one. It's got a, yeah, it's got this like effects where she's kind of a ghost in parts and the road. It's there, there was something there, and obviously got chopped up by someone else, but still pretty, 
pretty solid looking video. Uh, the song itself has these little weird ghostly sounds in it in the mix already that kind of complement what's here. And it's got a more uh, electronic based stuff than what I remember with hers, more kind of acoustic rock stuff or ballady things. But this one kind of sounds like it could have a dance mix to it as well if you wanted to remix it. Scott, thoughts on the music video? Pretty much everything you just said. It is more <laughs> narratively driven than most of her, her videos. But like a lot of music videos that try to tell a story, there's a certain, okay, your story, and it doesn't quite mix with the whole, this is a music video. And that's my own thing with music videos. I often find them a very weird art form because you're literally mixing two very disparate art forms, one of which is very visual, one of which is obviously audio but unlike say a musical where you have a song that's literally telling a story here you're sort of like it's almost like interpretive dance or it's almost like you know a film school project where okay well what does this movie mean right actually well the most important thing um, with the video is you're like it's it's odd because you're making this video but you're not selling the video you're selling the song that's the Yes, an odd part about it, but it, it's weird because now I think we're we're in this period where we can look back and go, "Ha, LOL, remember music videos or something like that." And look, it'd be like it'd be like us going, "You remember films? Like how we did that? Like if some new form came and film just faded out, and we're like, remember films? Like that's kind of where we're like at with music videos. Um, they still get made here and there, but I mean, yeah, we just had that little Nas X one that made quite a splash." It's interesting, and we're in this period here where like Seven takes off, and everybody wants to be Fincher all of a sudden because he came from music videos, and this one probably has little touches of that kind of visual aesthetic to it. Yeah, uh, McLaughlin sells it pretty good. She's got her long-haired self and her. I mean, she looks like two completely different people while looking like Sarah McLaughlin, uh, and it, which is interesting. It's got different mood lighting, but yeah, it's definitely one of her most interesting ones from her peak period. She had some like more modern ones, but I'm more focused on going back. The ones that are a little more interesting. Uh, Adia was one that was kind of interesting, but not much to talk about going on. It's just kind of a visual thing. But I was hoping Building a Mystery had a better uh, like this. I was like, oh, that one's probably got a good music video. It didn't have a good music video. It's just her playing. So she likes to sell her music over what kind of show showmanship stuff could happen. Well, I think she's somebody that, that you know, when you think of McLaughlin, you think of either a concert or just listening to the CD. Yeah. I don't, you know, again, part of that is, is the mood that her music is supposed to create isn't necessarily something that lends itself to staring at a TV for three minutes. Right, right, right. Yeah. And this one just, I, I love it. It comes with a controversy over the four minute music video. Like art is art to people. The relationship is not full of grace. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag release the Sigismondi cut. Let's do it. <laughs> McGlock bros, let's do uh, it. McGlock bros? I don't know. The Snyder bros, the McGlock bros. I... I I'm just wondering if they actually... I'm sure there's some subculture. There's Re- subculture for everything. Restore the surrender verse. <laughs> I don't know. So, okay. Uh, well, uh, that'll do it for another week on the show. Scott, grow always- Great to have you here. Just thank you hang very out much. Again. I had a lovely time. Yes, definitely. So before we go into the weekend, let people know once again where they can find you. Forbes.com. You can Google some variation of Scott Mendelson, Forbes, the ticket booth. 
If you want to see my Twitter feed, it's at Scott Mendelson. I technically have a Facebook feed, but it's more for family stuff. So, I mean, you're welcome, but nothing particularly scandalous. I know some of your trips to the zoo might be worth it. <laughs> All right. uh, well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Written work on WashingtonBlue.com. The Brandon Peter Show returns all new next week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peter Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.